Hey, all of you out there listening, thank you so much for giving me your time and your ear to listen. Uh, Today we're going to talk about fear. What is it really? What are we afraid of? And how do we let it affect our lives um, for us as individuals as well as in our world that we live in currently? So thank you for being here. This is 15 with Funkel. I'm your host, Funkel Cates. And I want to start off by talking about the definition of fear Uh, things that I'm afraid of, and I'd love any feedback if anybody wants to share via email. Um, And if you're listening to me on Spotify, you can now um, add some of your comments there. It's a new feature they just added. So looking forward to that so we can be a little bit more interactive. And as always, if there's a topic you would like to talk about, I can be reached at funklekz at gmail.com. That's F-U-N-K-L-E-K-Z at gmail.com. Okay, so the definition of fear as a noun means an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. And as a verb, to be afraid of someone or something as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. So I'm going to break down the noun definition and talk about that a little bit and also give some live examples from my life or other things that people may have shared with me. So when we talk about an unpleasant emotion, the very first thing that comes to mind is that there's an emotion attached to it, that fear is an actual emotion that most of us want to tell people we're not afraid. Oh, that doesn't bother me. I'm not afraid of that. Um, Meanwhile, we're sweating or maybe you have like some kind of irritable bowel syndrome, um, plus the vilify. So there's always some kind of condition or reasoning, et cetera, et cetera. And, And honestly, most of the time, our fears are so just completely led by our thinking, right? So we could see, you know, 50,000 bazillion gazillion people go on a roller coaster and we still think we are going to be the one that dies. We're still going to be that final fantasy episode where we go flying off the roller coaster or a random rail comes off and comes through us. Does that actually happen? Yes. But is it a regular occurrence? Not necessarily. So what some people might call a rational or irrational fear, I'm not sure if that's exactly fair. It kind of sounds judgmental. Oftentimes, I think our fears are deep-seated in some other root cause, um, possibly from childhood or a traumatic event, right? So for example, uh, I, when I was younger, I was bitten by a Dalmatian and also a poodle, which growing up, you're taught that these are friendly, nice dogs. And for me, they were not. So I grew up hating Dalmatians and poodles not because I didn't like them or that I thought all dogs are the same because I was a little child. So you compartmentalize. And for me, it was an immediate fear of dogs, but specifically those breeds. So, and um, sometimes that can take a long time to identify or go back to that memory because we forget about it or we think, oh, well, that couldn't bother me. That was when I was nine or yeah, I'm over that. Well, if it's still affecting you today, I think you owe it to yourself and um, to Find out what that is to go on that journey inside yourself to put that, you know, journey into the abyss or looking into the mirror, doing your shadow work, whatever language that is familiar to you to reconnect with some of those emotions and understanding them. I would highly recommend it. Um, Again, I'm in uh, this is year three and a half, four years into my uh, awakening or journey. Again, everybody wants to have labels or different language to go there. What I call it is an unveiling because a veil is, is almost like a, a pretty curtain or, or showpiece to put over something else. And I think sometimes we like to block some of our emotions because of fear. 
and also sometimes when the truth is ugly, we, we tend to run the other way. It's easier. It's less scary. It's more fun, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm a huge believer that if we do not face these things, if we do not talk about them, if we do not have justice, accountability, peace. I, I think it leads to a lot of ugliness in the world that I personally feel like we see today. I feel like everybody wants to resolve things with a fist, with a gun. Everything's a weapon. Oh, tell them to come to my house. I'll be sitting here with my AK-47, um, which is great, but I don't know what anyone's going to do when everyone's dead. And I'm not sure that spreads the love uh, message of love and kindness and peace and humanity. So, um, and what I encourage is sometimes people say to me, well, this is the way I grew up, or this is the only way I know. And I keep challenging people. Do you not owe yourself to think outside the tiny box of information that's been given to you? You know, what we might call a sheltered life, you know, leave your comfort zone, leave your group of friends for a day or an hour or five minutes um, and whether it's in your mind, trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes, um, for example, what is it like to, I'm, I, you know, I'm a member of the gay community and very proud of, of who I am or what I am or, um, however you want to label it doesn't matter to me. doesn't affect me and, and how I love in today's world. But a lot of people have so much hate for that. So much hate. And I think, man, if you took a little bit of that energy that you use to hate on people like me, whether it's publicly or donating to different causes of hate or using your religion to spread hate um, or protesting things and saying you're going to burn in hell. I'm not sure how that's like a godly action, but that's what people tell me. Um, what if you use a little bit of that energy to spread kindness and compassion rather than try to convince people that the way that they feel and live and how they were born is wrong? I mean, honestly, if, unless you, you know, have some kind of golden gavel that you were given by the Lords above to make these decisions, then I'm not really sure who you think you are, right? So um, nobody ever has to like or agree with someone else's lifestyle, but you never, ever have the right to put your hands on anyone or cause harm to them and have an agenda, et cetera. But why not challenge yourself? You know, go go outside that comfort zone and learn about it rather than you know, sit from afar in the peanut gallery, um, however you want to label it and judge people because we've got to do better. We've got to do it now. So I ask you, what are you afraid of? Is it, it you know, it could be something little from spiders um, to something bigger of I'm afraid of losing my partner or my child is sick and I'm scared they're not going to get better. Whatever those fears are, we've, we've got to talk about them and find support and figure out a way to navigate through a lot of this because we, we have so much negative processing and thinking and judging. I feel in, in today's world of, well, you're 30 years old, you should be an adult. And I go, well, what does that mean? Or you're 40 years old, you shouldn't feel that way. Or that's petty, or you shouldn't be sad about that, or you're too sensitive. You know, if we lived by everybody else's rules, I'm not sure you were, you would even have time to have a life if all you're doing is trying to appease everybody around you right? Maybe your boss at work and, and mom and dad or your husband or wife, or you're always, you're never good enough. The ho the Halloween costume you didn't finish on time or the gift that you didn't get the one out of 50 or the one thing out of a thousand that you didn't com complete this week at work, whatever it might be that you feel held back by or really kind of compressing you down as a person. Again, I'd really like to get that stuff out there and talk about it. Um, 
And so now kind of putting some real life, you know, examples into your world, I would say, um, and for those of you who haven't listened to my show previously, in uh, March 23rd, 2016, we lost my beautiful nephew, uh, Evan William, and he was just an incredible soul and, and light and presence in this world. And still to this day, the best person I've ever met, the most interesting, I mean, it was so funny. He had such a cool, awesome perspective on life and what a gift he gave to so many of us. And uh, I always want to honor his memories. But the reason I'm bringing him up is, uh, and he was 12 years old. So when there is child loss in your life, regardless of the connection that you have to them, um, it it's devastating and it's hard to find things to be afraid of after that because it, it's quite possibly the worst thing you could really go through. But I would say, you know, it's on a more grand scheme. It's not about me anymore. And it's not about a job or a corporate acceptance and level of success that someone else wants to judge of how much money you have, how big your house is and all this bullshit. So because really, I, I tell everyone too, I said, well, if it made you so happy, then why are you so miserable? If these things are a symbol or an image of success, then why do you constantly or consistently or both feel not good enough or just enough? There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken, right? If you feel that way, this is because you you haven't talked about it. This is because you have unresolved issues, healing situations, whatever it may be, it's unresolved. And it never goes away. It doesn't matter how much money you spend, how much vacations you go on, how many pairs of shoes you buy, how many beers you drink, how many joints you smoke, how many pills you pop, whether they're prescribed or not. None of it matters if you don't face that root cause and what is pushing you towards some of those unhealthy coping mechanisms and resources. So I think one of the toughest things in life, too, is finding someone to just listen And finding someone who doesn't have an agenda, who's not comparing themselves to you, who's not one-upping you when you share things in your life. And um, what a gift I think that is to to have someone in your life that can just be present with you and say, hey, I don't know how to fix any of this shit, man, but I love you and I'm here for you. And call me anytime, cry anytime. I love you when you're happy. I love you when you're mad. I love you when you're sad. I love you because I love who you are as a whole. And um, sometimes those people in our life change too. You're on different levels of life. You have different experiences. You have different ways that you um, intake and process those experiences. And sometimes it brings you closer to people. Sometimes it pulls you apart. You know, if life were just going to be the same every single day since you were born, it would sure as hell would be boring, um, at least in my book. So challenge yourself, push yourself, you know, spend, if it's scary, spend a minute a day and then maybe increase it to two, three, four, five, exploring why do you think you feel depressed or why are you so terrified of, um, let's say swimming, whatever it is that's kind of grips you with that, that fear, there could be something behind that. So why not explore it and empower yourself by expanding your mind and with wisdom and knowledge and power and allowing yourself to be more in control of your life and your emotions and who you are and how present you are in this world. What a beautiful gift to give yourself, um, to your kids, loved ones, etc. 
I, I feel a lot of times that uh, people are, are almost kind of sitting and waiting for things to happen in their life to say, oh, these things always just happen to me. And I'm like, okay, cool, because I get it. And I've said that and I've been there and done that. But what are you doing about it to change it? You know, if you feel like you have all this bad luck, um, what are you doing about it? So um, example, if you're going to work every day, you're saying, God, they never promote me. Um, my boss is, is always very demeaning or uh, a bully, you know, whatever it might be. I keep saying, yeah, well, when we do the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, it is right. Definition of insanity. Um, but more than that, it's just you repeating a very unhappy scenario every single day of your life. And I think the more that we ignore the darkness in our life, it doesn't go away. It doesn't disappear. And people think, yeah, but I don't think about it. And I go, yeah, because you've worked so hard to ignore it, bury it, or erase it. But you can't. You can never, ever run from yourself or your life or your problems. Ever. It's just a rule of life. I don't make the rules. It's just how it is. But what you can do is one day, I hope and pray, stop running, turn around and face that shit and say, you know what? I'm going to grab this fear by the balls and show him who's boss. I'm not going to run anymore. Sometimes we don't know what to do. Maybe we don't think we're strong enough or brave enough. Well, how would you know if you don't try? How would you know if you don't try? And you know what? Sometimes I go to face things and and it doesn't work out well and it doesn't go well, but that's life too. But the times when it does, uh, Wayne Gretzky, I love uh, one of his, my favorite quotes ever. Um, we miss 100% of the shots we don't take. I mean, if you think about that in your mind, how simple and easy is that? So in other words, if you don't ever try, if you don't ever talk or open up or explore or expand your horizons, you will never know. And a quote that's always kind of gripped me, I was reading in a, a book of, called The Path from Enlightenment, and it talks a lot about Buddhism and being present. And one of the things they said that's so gripping to me is when you're on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life and going, God, I wish I did that. I wish I asked this person out on a date. I, I wish I told my loved one that I didn't mean it when I was mad and I, and I told them they were A, B, or C. Um, I wish I didn't work 60 hours a week and miss my kid's ball game every Saturday. I wish I got a different job because now Johnny was two when I started. He's 19 now and he's going to college and I missed 17 years. They just went by. I don't know what happened. Um, and sometimes we get little flags along the way that say, hey, do something different. You're the one in control. It just doesn't feel like it all the time, right? And we keep looking for a way out. We want a way out. We want someone to save us. We want someone to rescue us. But that's just not reality, at least on this level, on this plane, however you want to wrap that up. But what I'm saying generally overall is if you're on your deathbed looking back and finding the, th- the one thing that you regretted is the chance or the risk or the shot that you didn't take. It's not necessarily regretting the things you did because all of us make mistakes. All of us, there's billions of people on this planet. You think you're the only one that struggles with abuse or addiction or job loss or finances or a troubled family member or you're troubled, whatever it might be. We're all struggling. I mean, part of the beauty of it is we're all into it together. 
But what breaks my heart and what really I find disturbing is how many people really live in these tiny little individually wrapped bubbles, feeling so much shame, feeling so afraid to be themselves, feeling terrified to leave their job and and go for something maybe that they really wanted to do or really want to be because they don't want someone to laugh at them or make fun of them or because it's less money or, you know, mom won't love you anymore. Dad can't brag to his friends. But what about you and what makes you happy and what makes you tick and, and fulfills your life and heart? I personally know for me, I don't ever want to wake up and, and wish that I did something and said something that I never took a shot or a chance at. I would rather fail. I would rather get punched in the face, rejected, told no, than go, God, I wonder. I would rather know. But that's me. Um, because it, it, like a child, you know, you keep telling them, get back on the bike. Doesn't matter how many times they fall off or skin their knee. You say, come on, you can do it. I'm proud of you, buddy. Get back up there. Keep trying to get it. It's like so many other things in life. If you think about those times in your life where you knew, you knew you were going to fail. I can't do that. I'm not as good. I'm not as fast. We all have that little voice, right? We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. We're not fast enough. We're not, we're just not enough. Figure out where that comes from. For me, it comes from the safety or lack thereof in, in my home or upbringing environment. And when you have a parent that, you know, on an almost daily basis is telling you that you're going to fail, that you're stupid, um, who do you think you are? What's wrong with you? I get it. That's what I grew up with. That's what the language that I heard. So it was really hard to A, say those things out loud, to face them, to deal with them, to feel them. I kind of, I call it the find it, feel it, free it. So you've got to find out what's bothering you. For me, it was, why am I feeling not enough? Didn't matter how good my job was or how much money I was making or how important it all started to feel or seem. I just kept feeling like something was missing and I, and I wasn't enough. I wasn't special. It meant nothing. Um, And then you become this kind of lifeless, empty overachiever. And it's not that anything is necessarily fulfilling you, but you don't know why. Why am I not grateful for what I have? Why do I feel empty? Why do I feel sad? Why do I feel like I have to get a bigger, better title? When does this end? When is it enough? Where is the finish line? I mean, there isn't one if you keep moving it, right? Uh, for me in this journey, I think, you know, again, the loss of a child just stops everything. And it was like, I've had enough. All of a sudden, all the things that I never gave a voice to, all the boundaries I kept moving or never put up to protect myself or keep me safe or bring my joy or have my peace. They were now coming out. They were now alive and well, and they still are today. And you have good days and bad. There's some days feel great. I feel confident, holy success. And then maybe the next day, you know, the grief hits you or something else. That's normal. That's natural. It's going to happen. You're human with emotion. I think a lot of the challenges, it's not that you'll ever not have sadness or fear or or bad days or anger, just like you're not going to be happy every day. You're not going to be joyful every day. But I think it's more about finding that way to level out, to process it a little bit more quickly, to be able to understand and to see the world more clearly and to accept some of the things about yourself, whether it's light or dark. 
There's parts of me that other people might not like or think are dark that I'm proud of and I love. And that's exactly why maybe we're in separate places. That's okay. You do your thing, I'll do mine. I'm in my lane, you're in yours. But please don't wake up one day and wonder what you could have been and what you could have done or where you could have gone. Maybe spend a little bit of time, you know, sipping on some tea at night. Maybe a little smack of bourbon in there. I don't know. I won't tell anybody. And give yourself a gift of time and thought. Sometimes I set my timer. And I know, too, when I was in my corporate job and that, you know, they call the hamster wheel. I call it enslavement, really. I'm just really proud and, and happy to say that I'm my own master. I make my own rules for my life. I am living as free as I know how to and can at this time and moment. And it feels amazing not to have someone tell you where to be all day or what to do or what you're not doing enough of or how many broken systems we have and no one helps and no one answers the phone, no one replies to your emails and the raises didn't get through and someone hacked our system. It is amazing to cut that cord. You don't own me. I'm not just one of your pretty toys. Um, think about what you would do if money didn't matter, if that piece of paper with numbers on it didn't matter. And I know what you're going to say. I hear it all day, every day. You don't understand. I've got bills. I've got children. I've got a mortgage. Yeah. You and everyone else, honey, we all have financial responsibilities. I get it, but I think we can do it differently and better. And one of the things that I'm talking about is when we start finding fulfillment within ourselves and we start making peace with the darkness that we struggle so much to run from, whether we're afraid of it or we just feel like it's too much work, but why can't you get out of bed every day? Why do you feel stuck? Why is it never enough? Why are your credit bill card bills going haywire? You know, um, and, and when then we say, well, I, I, I can't leave my job. I said, I got to feed my kids. Well, that's true. I don't think they're going to starve overnight. But I also think you could look at things differently in your life, what you really need or not need, and figure out how to save a little bit of money and be a little bit more sustainable. I know, God, lately, it seems like everything is on recall, whether it's some kind of water or drink or food, <laughs> it's listeria and salmonella and mold and metal bits and plastic pieces in your gut. And I'm going, WTF, what are you talking about? Didn't know those things existed in, in my FDA approved quality inspector food. Uh, <clears throat> FU taxers. And so I'm, I'm sitting here going, man, I, if I can grow the majority of my own food, and then connect with a network of friends and, and people who, for example, might make jam in their home and trade some of those goods, like the old kind of communal living. I love those old practices and having everything you need. Nobody should ever in the, in the world have to worry about water, food, or shelter. We have so many resources. So we have an abundance of these things. Yet there's not enough for some people because we keep moving these bars we keep making it harder for people, right? Um, it it's, it's just blows my mind. It just makes me so sad. I think there's truly power in the numbers. As long as people keep arguing about who is right, um, 
it, we're never going to go anywhere. We're going to keep running in place. And the, those elitists that y'all talk about, that 1%, they just keep laughing. That's why they keep everyone arguing about pro-life, pro-choice, Republican, Democrat, black, white, gay, straight. They're going to keep trying to divide and conquer because it has worked for decades, thousands of years. All this shit has worked. I'm, I'm reading a beautiful book right now called uh, The Body Keeps the Score. And I highly recommend it for just anybody in the world to read. Because when we talk about trauma, it doesn't mean like, you know, your, your mom stabbed your, your dad. We're not talking always about these really severe, extreme events. Um, you just can't compare yourself to anyone else. You can't say things like, well, I guess I should be grateful that I had this moldy piece of cheese today because someone else didn't have anything. You know, because then you'll never give yourself anything right? It's okay to feel good about yourself. It's okay to have self-love. You're not narcissistic and you're not selfish. I think sometimes we just easily put labels on people that are so negative and just weigh you down. Again, you're not good enough. So find it, feel it, and free it. Find it. Am I angry? Am I sad? Am I lost? Feel it. Um, maybe you need to go for a walk and be with nature or call a friend and share it or, um, make a beautiful meal or go to the gym, whatever it is, that's a healthy resource, you know, and you can't change overnight. And, and if you do too much and it's extreme, that can shock you too. Be kind to yourself and go at your level and your pace. We are all different. There's no right or wrong way in your journey. Um, but know that yes, there is more. A lot of people always say that, but is there any more? Is it worth it? Does it matter, man? Do you, I, you're just supposed to work and like have a family, then die. Um, that's like a direct quote from my family. So no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. And if you want to think that fine, but don't put your shit on me. That's what I always say. Don't put your shit on me. I'm not trying to put my shit on you. And if I do, cause I think we all do that sometimes let's talk about it. Let's figure it out together and move on. Um, but give yourself that gift, give yourself that time. And then free it, honor it, find it. What is it? Feel it, take an action about it and free it and breathe, breathe in one, two, three, and hold it. One, two, and exhale it. It's amazing how simple it is to breathe and that we just don't do it and we don't do it enough and how that can really help reset or reground you. So find your reset and your regrounding place. Um, And it has to be within you, I feel, because if it's always something external, you're always going to be codependent on something. You're always going to have a codependent uh, bond whether it's a a pet or a stuffed animal or a person, if you say, well, I have to call this person or I have to go be with my dog or I have to go shopping, that's what I do when I'm sad or that's what I do here. Maybe try to figure out why and and just make sure it's a healthy cycle and resource because you want to feel alone, uh, okay, when you're alone too. You want to feel at home and at peace when you're by yourself. And all those other things are a beautiful added bonus in your life where you can share each other's love and light. So just something to think about. 
Um, just because someone says it or experienced it doesn't mean it, you know, could be right for you. But this is part of my experience and my journey. Um, or I love to ask people questions. You can ask my friends or strangers I see um, wherever I go. And I'm very curious about humanity and why people will complain about a situation or be so terribly unhappy and just keep doing it again and again and again and again and again. And I've done it too. Like my last job, I was there six years total and it was six years too fucking long. Um, and, and, and by the way, cause I'm going to take this opportunity to say that one of the biggest things that fears me in the United States of America. So I worked in healthcare for 15 years and anybody who has worked in healthcare, specifically um, persons who get to see the umbrella of healthcare and not just, you know, one area or department, it, it absolutely should be illegal and terrify everyone when you allow a healthcare insurance to own a hospital network. I can't stress this enough. They are now determining your care by dollars, not what is best for you, not what is on your plan, but how it will benefit them. They make the rules and get to tell your caregivers how to treat you or what you will or will not get. So don't think that you have better health care than your neighbor or your friend or your wife because I work at this place and I have the most amazing insurance. And I always laugh and go, no, no one does. And unless you're paying full cash, and you're going to the top and, and you know exactly what equipment is out there and how it works oh, and that you're not getting dirty tools um, sent up or the wrong tools or that they're not using the wrong pads or equipment and that they know how to use the equipment. Um, it's, it's still pretty scary, I think. But the fact that it's not for the community and that the patient's interest is not number one is one of the scariest things in our world today to me because that division healthcare should be about healing and caring humanity and the person. We are not cookie cutter. We all have very different makeups, right? That's what they tell you. So they teach you, but you should know how you feel and you should be able to say, this doesn't feel right. Or I don't like that. Or, um, the amount of people I know that get fusion, surgeries like on their back or neck and the tremendous amount of pain they have after or the mistakes that were made I it just it, it saddens me it, it really saddens me because you can't go back and reverse it and then there's no culpability on the other side so I hope people stand up find their vo- find your voice who are you you know what do you stand for a lot of times I always tell people why stand at all if you're unwilling to stand for anything If you're not willing to stand up in this world and fight for what you think is right. And when I say fight, I don't mean with guns in your fist, dumbass. Okay. You want to go shoot a gun in the woods? Great. If that's how you resolve issues, then I dare you to go home and teach your kids that. If you are willing to be that role model for all the other people on social media, because I see it all the time, which is a big reason why I'm not on it right now is it's just endless fighting of whose dick is bigger. Who's right? Whose dick is bigger? Who has more guns? Who's tougher? Well, probably none of you. That's that's what I'm going to say. Um, and having a gun and violence is not how you resolve anything. Why are we leading the world in resolving issues with violence? You're you're not the smartest country right now. 
So let's be better. We need to be you, each and every one of you and me and everyone else individually. You need to be the best version of yourself so that when you go out in the world, you don't work your shit out on people. That when you feel small at home, you don't go to a position of power at work and bully the shit out of people all day because you can. Um, or that because someone took your power away as a man that you go and hold a woman down and rape her. And I say things that are raw and blunt and truthful because I have had to live them. So why are you telling me that I have to be quiet about a severe violent trauma that I endured because we don't want to say his name out loud. We don't want to damage his reputation. Well, he's nice. He, wow, really? I can't see him hurting you. He's been so nice to me. Uh, you know, the victim shame we do in this country is just abhorrent and we, and we need to do better and we need to do it now today. There's just no excuses. There's no time left. Nobody else should do it. You need to get involved. Okay. And the best way that you can do that is to educate yourself, to work on yourself and to come out in the world like you're going to kick some ass in the love department. Like nobody's going to take your power today. Nobody's going to push you off your game. I hate when people tell me, well, they made me do it. I don't normally get mad, but you know, as soon as he called me a jerk, I had to punch him out. His fault I punched him. It's his fault his teeth fell out. When you tell me your behavior is someone else's fault, you need to take a severe stop and look in the mirror. Again, every movie you see and every survivor you'll ever meet about abuse, every abuser has ever said that to me and anyone else who's a survivor. How many times have you heard someone say, well, she pissed me off. I didn't want to hit her, but she opened her fucking mouth. I had to slap her. I had to tell her to stop. She started screaming. So I kicked her to shut her up. I wouldn't have done that if she had just been quiet. The amount of times that we justify our bad behavior, again, that, that shit just builds up. It builds up, it builds up, it builds up. And then one day you turn around and you are the exact villain that you grew up hating. You are now that person. But you can change it at any time. It doesn't mean because you were an asshole 10 years ago or even yesterday or this morning that you can't make a conscientious choice in your life to be different to practice what you preach. And sometimes it does take a little bit of practice. Um, for example, I will tell you, um, in my journey, trust is extraordinarily precious to me and so hard for me to rebuild and find. Um, trusting myself to know what is safe and healthy for me, uh, trusting to know what, what people are okay and um, feeling okay and, and comfortable in their presence and and believing what they say and what they show me of who they are or, or what they say is what they mean. It takes time. Um, one of the things I'm still really working on is being gentle and kind to myself. You know, when you're under, under constant criticism and you're not getting the love and nurturing, you know, I'm proud of you, kid. You got this. I love you. When that's a huge bulk missing in your upbringing. And sometimes what happens too is people forget when you have parents who are uh, unresolved trauma or unhealed, doesn't mean that they're bad or that they didn't do the best they could. I do believe a lot of people do the best they could, but it doesn't mean there wasn't a cause and effect, right? 
So maybe the best you could do was maybe you spanked your kid, but you never hit him in the face like your mom and dad did. And you say, hey, well, I'm better than my mom and dad. It doesn't matter because you can't describe someone else's experience. You can't tell someone else what their experience is or how it should be. You need to honor and validate their perception and truth and experience. Because you wouldn't like it if you said, you know, hey, I went to the gas station and got robbed and blah, blah. And I went, I don't believe you. You're just irresponsible and you lost the money. Unbelievable, right? You'd be frustrated, be angry. You said, why are you saying doing this? Well, now try being a rape victim or a survivor of molestation or domestic abuse and people saying, why didn't they leave? Well, she could have left any time. Well, he could have, he could have escaped. Nobody made you stay there or you shouldn't have been drinking. There's always these very odd, negative, you know, kind of judgmental aspects or commentatorship that I hear a lot from the public. Um, but then if you put them on the front screen, everybody's hiding behind computers and phones these days. And if we're sitting down one-to-one, that, that bravado is not coming out. So maybe practice what you pe- preach, you know, in front of the world as much as you do behind closed doors. Don't go home behind closed doors and all of a sudden you put the trench coat on, you're the scary guy in the corner that everybody's afraid of and doesn't go trick-or-treating at your house. Don't be that guy or gal or whatever. So face your shit so that you can be better. It's okay if you did really awful, horrifying stuff. And by the way, if you ever want to email, come on the show or just talk and have a friend kind of just listen or be an emotional sponsor, I'm always up to doing that. I'm happy to do it. Um, I feel like if we can't just listen to other people's story and honor that, no matter how dark and awful it may be, then they, they are going to feel hopeless and that there's, you know, if we can't provide that presence of space to listen to someone, then how is that everyone ever going to come forward and feel comfortable enough to do so? And, and be mindful of what you're saying and how you live. I know so many people that tell me, um, oh, I'm not homophobic and I don't have a problem with those people. And I'll go, really? Because I've known you for 10 or 20 years. You've never gone to the gay bar, to a gay event, to a pride show, to a pride picnic, to a drag show. You've never asked me anything. You've never met any of my partners, but you're a good friend of mine, right? But none of my actual life is connected to or shared with you. Well, think about that. Then you can't talk about your wife and take your kids out of because that's gross. That's disgusting. That's wrong. Come on, man. You know, and, and again, just, just think about it. I'm not asking anyone to change and accept things they're not comfortable with. What I am saying is maybe sometimes too, we can stop doing different behaviors that aren't always things we're proud of, or really just take that time to think about them a little bit and how it feels from someone else's perspective. Cause you'll never really understand. You can't, can't understand someone else's journey that if you haven't been on it, but what you can do is not dishonor their journey by thinking that you know better or that you know more, or you know differently. Um, there's this thing that we do that uh, one of the things I love that Brené Brown, yay Brené, always talks about is um, the story I tell myself, which is one of my favorite, favorite things that she says and, and, and basically saying, you know, let's say you text, you know, your uh, someone that you love or whoever it is and um and it's a sensitive, you know, topic or, or you're worried about it. 
and they don't write back right away. And maybe on their end, they're in the bathroom, they're in the shower, they're at a meeting. But in your end, you're like, oh my God, that was really hard for me. I need, I need uh, assistance now. I need a response now. I need someone to call me now. I need validation. And then the longer the time goes on that someone's not writing you back, you're like, I knew it. They don't like me. They hate me. I'm, I, I'm stonewalled, whatever it might be. And sometimes we create this narrative in our head that we are so convinced that we know exactly how someone else feels or what they're doing. And, and whether or not later on you find out that something uh, that you felt was connected uh, correctly or not is irrelevant. When we tell a story in our head, why is it always go to the very worst? I, again, going back to, well, if I face my demons, Kate, I will die. I will never get up again. I will be depressed. I will be sad. I won't be funny. No one will like me. No one will love me. I won't be accepted. Well, geez, aren't you the same person telling me that you're not a sheep? that you're an individual, that you're independent, that you own your own life. And I would challenge you in saying, what exactly do you own in your own life? If all day we're doing something for everybody else, we're doing this for our wives, we're doing this for our job, we're doing this for our kids, where's your time? Or sometimes when we actually have any left, we get so consumed and numbing out because we're exhausted because we go, oh, well, I just took care of all that. And now I've got to think about when I was molested when I was seven, Jesus. Yeah, it's exhausting. But you'll be stuck in that loop until you decide to make that change. And I'm not saying you have to face everything and that you have to deal everything and that you have to go all the way into the depths of your journey. Only you know what is best for you and what works for you and what you are comfortable with. I'm simply suggesting that there could be another side of the coin, a different path that you might want to explore and treat yourself because you deserve it. I believe in you. You are enough. I love all of you. Um, I don't necessarily think persons are bad. I think sometimes an extreme amount of, of trauma and pain can really violate a person's mind enough to think that they're not human and that they're not good enough for this world and, and cause a tremendous amount of pain to other people. So Let's do a better job of leading by example. You know, a lot of times when uh, you grow up in trauma, you know, for me, there, there wasn't nurturing and love and positivity. It was so rare. It, it was so clouded with brokenness and unresolved trauma in my parents, in my opinion. So, um, it was really hard when I first started to talk about some of my experiences. You know, I think one of the toughest things is what are other people going to think? What does this mean for me now? Because you feel kind of emotionally naked. It's like physically when you take your shirt and your socks and your pants off, when you start to take off the emotional armor that you've been wearing your whole life to keep you protected. That's what we do when we're hurt, when we're psychologically broken or traumatized when we're younger, you tend to put this emotional armor on. And what I'm here to tell you today is you can be an emotional warrior without it. You can take off one piece at a time, one button at a time, whatever is most comfortable for you. And just know that you are good enough. You're strong enough, but we have to show people what that looks like. So for me, first coming out of that journey and the amount of negative backlash or demeaning behavior or being shut out or silenced 
um, from those who I felt closest to me, friends or family, and rebuilding that tribe. It's been a tremendous gift and experience and and painful as well as joyful, but de- most definitely necessary. And the biggest impact is when I see and meet people, they're so rare. They really, they're even more rare than that diamond in the rough, but those people who own their behavior, they own their emotions and who they are, they know who they are, and they're leading the way. You know, I look at people like Martin Luther King and and people who can go up there and make an impact and speak the word of peace and put these beautiful messages out there. And I'm going, man, but why aren't you doing it? And you and you and me, we need to honor each other in this life and this gift we've been given of life. There's always going to be horrifying shit and there's always going to be amazing shit. And you'll have a lot more of that amazing shit when you can learn to find some of that light. Don't let that darkness chip away at your light to the point where you forget who you are and you forget that it's there and how beautiful and wonderful you are and that soul you have. So togetherness and connection is everything. And you know what? It wasn't the first time that I had tried to open up. I can tell you there was a million, gazillion people that failed me, that didn't hear me, that re-victimized me. So yes, it'll happen to you too. And it has happened to you. What I'm saying is I will be in here for you or keep talking till you find that one because the rest don't fucking matter. It's the one who is going to listen to you and love you. So don't work your shit out on other people. Love yourself. And there's nothing to be afraid of except for fear itself. So try a new thing. Doesn't mean you're going to be awesome at everything. Like now in my mindset, I go, yeah, I can do that. I can do anything. It's not because I'm arrogant. It's because I know that I can because I feel so good. The more that I heal, the more that I talk about things, it's just a very, very slow heal, but it's so worth it. And I'm absolutely loving the journey. And I'm absolutely loving the, the freedom in my mind, heart, body, and soul. Love, 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 loving it. So um, if you're ready to change your life, if you want some resources and tools, I don't charge any money. Um, I came from a background where it really sucked knowing some of these programs were out there and I couldn't get help because you made a dollar more than the poverty level, you know, or you didn't make enough money. There was always some kind of blockade. And I said, well, why do we have these quote unquote community programs when the community doesn't seem to have access to them? right? There's so many of those things that, that run through my mind. So let's help each other. doesn't matter what the government rules are. We are the numbers. Love yourself so that we can love one another. Be the hero that you always needed and wanted in your life growing up. For me, it was the firefighter in the dark that came out and saved me, made everything okay, and took me out of the flames of hell, the trauma I was living in um, as a terrified kid, and now creating the level of safety that I need as an adult. Because I've understood and learned that no one's going to give it to me. Other people can show me what it looks like for them. And I'm hopefully living that example and showing samples of what that looks like and how it can be for you. But it's your own recipe. You're the chef in your own kitchen. One day you're going to look down and see you've been holding the key to your life and your success and your love. One day you're going to look down and you're going to see that and you're going to find it. You say, holy shit, that Funko bitch was right. <laughs> I love you. Have a wonderful, awesome fantastic uh, day. Call me, email me, whatever you need to do. Get through it. Get to it. I love you. This is 15 with Funkle. I'm out of here.